0: Is worthy. Amen. He is worthy of your praise. People, back up on your feet.
1: <laughs> yes. Let's go. Up. <laughs> Amen.
0: Lift your voices unto the Lord. Pray. Seek his face. Seek his face. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. There's not a one of you that made it through this week without sinning. Not a one. You're in the house of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is present in this place. The Holy Spirit was flowing before in here I don't know how many of you sensed the move of the Holy Spirit in here but he was moving you should have been on your knees you should have been on your knees God is an almighty God he is a divine God and he deserves your reverence He deserves your hearts.
1: It's
0: not about coming in and singing a few songs, sitting down, listening to a message and going. It's about pouring your love and your heart out to God and saying, God, I'm in your house. I'm here to honor you. is not that happy with the church today in America. We have lost sight of who he is. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Don't take for granted that he's just going to let you into his heaven because you're a good guy.
1: You're gonna have to earn your way in there.
0: You have to surrender to him.
1: He went up on
0: a cross and died for your sins. A few songs he's gonna do it you gotta pour your heart out every single moment of every day you've gotta be his you can't just be his for an hour or two hours on Sunday you
1: gotta be his all the time thank you Lord he demands it
0: came from that was the Holy Spirit just moving but God obviously had something he once said because sometimes we do take things just way too casually and it's not a casual thing this is your eternity that's on the line this is yours not his he's done everything he can do for And he'll continue because he is God and He is sovereign. Thank you, guys. Just a couple quick things as we get into the message this morning. And the altars are open. Feel free to pray. You may be seated. But we thank you, Lord. This Friday is First Friday, so it's the first Friday of the month. We'll have prayer from 7 to 8. Pastor Chris will be facilitating that. So it's from 7 o'clock to 8 or 8.30 or whenever. But that's that. Sunday, May 15th is one house. It's a 6.30 service. I want to see this place packed. Amen. Amen. I want to see this place packed out. We're gonna be celebrating with the other campuses. I'm hoping they can even get Mozambique online, but I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. But right now we have five campuses in Columbia, in Ohio, one in Florida, one in Mozambique, and there's a lot more to come. There's two or three that are being birthed right now. I can feel it in my spirit that just want to become part of this family. Amen. So, that. And I want to thank you all for your tithes, your offerings. Amen. I mean, some of you are so faithful with your tithe. Whether you're here or whether you're not, you're still tithing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And on top of that, people are giving offerings on top of their tithe, which Amen. is what Scripture says. Amen. And if you're not doing that, maybe you haven't got to that part of your relationship with the Lord yet, and we'll just pray you get there. Amen. Because it's the relationship with God, it's obedience to God. That's right. It's got nothing to do with us. We are his
1: storehouse.
0: Amen. So we'll take care of that. This morning, the message is called Focus on the Solution. Focus on the Solution. John chapter nine. Now Jesus, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So we see right off the disciples. They see a blind man. Whose fault is it, God? Whose fault, Jesus? Why is this guy blind? What did he do? What was his sin? What was his parents' sin? What caused this problem? Whose fault is it? They showed no interest in how to resolve the problem. They just wanted to know who started it, whose fault it was. And isn't that just like us? Amen. I mean, we get so petty sometimes. Why? Why is so and so at the altar? Why do they need prayer? Why does this one not have a job? Why is? This one doing this Why is this one doing that Who cares The solution is Jesus Christ Amen. And This is what Jesus says But you got to remember in those days Blindness Was just about The top of the line sin I mean you had to be a real sinner And then boom you were made blind The rabbi said that they held widely the suffering and disease and disaster such as blindness. They believed all of that was due to sin. They believed there is no death without sin. There is no suffering without iniquity. This was taught by some of the earlier rabbis. But the disciples, they just focused on what their culture was. The way people reacted everywhere. The way people said what they needed to say. Who they needed to blame. Whose fault it was. I mean, our friends, our co-workers, our associates. I mean, there's an old saying, kick them when they're down. and We tend to do that. If we don't do it verbally, we do it in our heads. We concoct all kinds of reasons why so-and-so has this problem, why so-and-so has that problem. And Jesus gave him the reply. (laughs) He said, the works of my father need to be revealed. That's the only reason that man was blind. Because the works of my father to heal him of his blindness in front of everyone, the power of God will be revealed in him. This is why he's there. Jesus took and he pointed them away from the why into the solution. It's all about the solution. The specific work of God Needed to be revealed in this guy. God's providence, God's power, God's everything. Needs to be revealed in our lives. We need to quit focusing on, oh, why am I sick? You know, focus on who's going to heal you.
1: Amen.
0: Why am I having trouble at work with this boss? Focus on who's going to fix it. Why is this happening to me? Get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes on the solution. Because Jesus Christ, if He's the Lord of your life, if you have surrendered your life to Him, then He's going to fix it. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen to any of us? On this earth, we may die. But then we're in heaven with Jesus. So that's not that bad. That's a win-win. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die.
1: You know, we just want
0: to go in and check it out. Make sure we're going to like it. Jesus died on a cross. He paid the debt for your sin, my sin. The sins I committed yesterday and the sins I'll commit tomorrow. And if we're true disciples, we need to remember that. Jesus told the world, you will know my disciples if they have love for one another. Mm -hmm. now love for one another honestly shows greatly in this church
1: you guys need to
0: really remember that you guys show the love for your brothers and sisters very very well there has not been a speaker that has ever come in this church from the outside that hasn't said I can feel the love in here so in Jesus eyes you have that part down. But then Jesus says also, you will know them by their fruit. Fruit. What are you producing? What are you giving out? What fruit do you have? So with those two things, the world will see you as Jesus' disciple." That's how they know you. But we have to remember one thing. We are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings. We are made up of flesh and blood. But we have a spirit in us. We have a spirit in us. And then on top of that, we have the spirit of the Lord in us. God gave us his spirit. For what purpose? He didn't come to hang out with us. Although he does. He came to teach us. To guide us. To strengthen us. To comfort us. He came to bring us everything. That Jesus had. He came to convert us. Therefore, we seek his righteousness. We seek his holiness. We are spiritual beings. And we need to look beyond the natural. You need to look at people and see them spiritually. Look at people through your spiritual eyes and not your worldly eyes. Look at people with... Spiritual eyes. Quit looking at them and judging them by the ways of the world. Scripture says we don't live in the world. We're not part of it. Our bodies are here, but we're just having space here. We're not to be part of the world. Don't look at your co-people, your co-workers. Don't look at anybody with the eyes of the world. Galatians 5 says, if we live in the spirit,
1: let us also walk
0: in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That still goes on today, and and that still goes on in this body. Stop it. I used to work with a girl in Miami. She used to say all the time, I'm not conceited, I'm convinced. (laughs) (laughs) It was just added to the fact that she was more conceited than she (laughs) realized. Jesus, he wants to reveal himself. He wants to reveal the power of the Almighty in each and every one of us. He wants each and every one of us to be able to walk on water. This is his ultimate goal, to make us like him, exactly like him. For some of him, for some of you, that's going to be a pretty easy test for him. For others, he's got an uphill battle, but he'll get it done. Romans 1-7, for it is in the righteousness of God, is revealed from faith to faith. It is written that we shall live by faith. Live by faith. That's hard to do when these problems come up. When these situations come up, because right away we want to try to manage it. Jesus said, get your eyes off the problem. Get your eyes on the solution. Get your eyes on the solution. Matthew tells us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you full this morning? Are you full this morning? Are you? God wants to reveal his works in us. But in order to do so, we gotta be ready we got to be willing, and we got to be able to receive that. We can't put up these barriers. We can't put up these conditions, which is so much like us. Yes, God, I'll go and do that, but if I do, you got to do this for me. Now, how many of us have negotiated with God? Be honest. Everyone in here. We have all negotiated with God. But we have to remember, we've got to be ready. Each day is a new day with God. The old one's over. If you read scripture, if you read it, the day starts at midnight. And what does God have you do? He has you sleeping. Resting. Resting. Because when daylight comes and you work, now you have enough energy to get through the day. But then you go back to bed and you sleep again. And that day is over. You can never relive any of it. You may rehash it in your mind. You may say, oh, geez, God, I'm so sorry I did that. Uh, I shouldn't have done it. But you can't change it. So Matthew, Jesus tells us, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about its own things. You'll find your own problems tomorrow. won't carry them over. Yesterday's gone. But we tend to hold on to things. Some of us are real hoarders. You know, we hoard up everything, all of the emotions all these situations we've been in, you know. Jesus says, no, let it go. There's nothing you can do about it. Release it. Release it all to him. Peter tells us, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares about you. I mean, so simple it sounds, but so difficult it is. So simple it sounds, yet so difficult it is. God has forgiven our sin. He has forgiven us. He paid the debt. He shed his blood. Don't keep holding on to things. Let it go. Repent. I mean, why are you not living in the complete joy and peace that God brings you? If you're not, why not? Are you like Sarah? You keep looking back. You want to be a pillar of salt? I mean, is that your desire? I mean, she couldn't let go of the past. She just couldn't let go. She could not see the solution. Remember the guy at the pool of Bethesda? 38 years he sat there. What do you think went through his mind? Wow, I've been sitting here 35 years. Soon to be 36. How much longer am I going to have to sit here? Why doesn't somebody just kick me in the pool when the water is stirred? How much longer do I have to do this? How much longer do I have to suffer? 38 years, he wondered. What's going to happen to me? Will I ever be made whole? Will I ever have an opportunity to get in that water as the angel stirs it? Will I ever have that? And then one day, along comes Jesus. He pops in, the guy's sitting down, he goes, hey, you want to be made whole? Get up! Let go of what you're holding on to. I'm the solution. You're now made whole. Some of us have been dwelling on things that long that we haven't let go. Some of you haven't been alive that long, so you can't be. But us that are older, we can remember mistakes we made years and years ago. Things we did. God says, I've forgiven you of all those. You asked me to forgive you, I I forgave you. I told you I would remember them no more. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. 1 John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to forgive ourselves. I mean, like I said, I can remember things I've done. And Jesus says, sometimes you're remembering something you did years ago. And Jesus said, I've forgiven you. Are we forgiving ourselves? Have we forgiven ourselves for our past? God said, no, I forgive you. I don't even remember those things. But if you're remembering, you haven't forgiven yourself. Take the time to forgive yourself for your past. Because Jesus said, this is a new day. You are a new creation. The old is gone. Let it go. Forgive yourself and move on. There's nothing you can do to change one single thing you've done. I mean, I can remember things I used to do when I was sixteen. How many years ago that was? Let's say over 50. (laughs) Let's say over
1: 55.
0: (laughs) God said, let those things go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. If you need forgiveness, repent. We repented of our sins. We asked God to forgive us of our sins when we came into His family, when we were baptized in Jesus Christ and we became that new creation. He forgave us of all those. So forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Because that's the only thing that's still holding on, if it's holding on. Acts 3.19 tells us, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There was a real time of refreshing in this church this morning. I sat over there and and I could just feel the Holy Spirit just moving through the aisles. He was just cleaning everybody that was surrendering. He was just cleaning those hearts that were open. And not everyone's heart was open, which is why he had me say what I said in the beginning. Because God will have his way. God's always revealing himself to us. We need to grab hold of what God has for us. Just like Jesus told the the disciples, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But it's that the works of God may be revealed in him. Or the works of God need to be revealed in each and every one of you. Because he has called each and every one of you out. Each and every one of you has a different gift. God has called you to walk in your gift. Use your gift. Some of the gifts may be so simple as to just smile and say bless you to people that you pass along the way. But that's a gift God has given you. Don't get caught up in the problem. Focus on the solution. The solution, if you look in scripture, begins in the first three verses of Genesis. Genesis. The solution is laid out right there. Verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Didn't say Lyle created the heavens and the earth. Said God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Darkness was over each and every one of you at one time. And then it says the Spirit of God was hovering. Hovering in the Hebrew, the word they used that time means shaking. So the Spirit of God was shaking the earth. And it was shaking over the face of the waters. And then God said, God spoke, God's word, let there be light, and there was light. So you have the spirit of God, the word of God, and the light of the world, Jesus, in the first three verses, the solution. Is there. Focus on the solution. In the spirit of God. John 14 says. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Catch the word. The world cannot. Receive it. Because it neither sees him. Nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you. And will be in you. This is what scripture tells us about the spirit of God. The world cannot see it. But he will be with you and in you. That spirit that was hovering over the waters is in you. Romans 8 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. What's he saying? If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, the spirit of God dwelling in you, you don't belong to God. You're not his. Because if you're his, you're going to have that spirit. And then Corinthians 3 says, Now the spirit of the Lord, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. God and His Spirit is constantly, constantly moving within you. Constantly transforming you. Constantly changing you. God's spirit, his Holy Spirit, is working in our lives in astonishing ways. Look at some of the things God has done to some of you. Look at some of the things God has done to the person next to you. God is always moving, always changing, always wants our attitude says It's a wonderful thing, especially for people like ourselves who were formerly enemies of God. When I was younger, I was an enemy of God. Me too. An enemy of God. But now God has given me liberty. He calls me friend. This thing happens because of Jesus it's only because of Jesus
1: That's right.
0: yeah. we see the glory of the Lord Paul writes he changes our hearts our minds our spirits he changes our inner thoughts our characters our attitudes God is making us more like Jesus his son Amen. Moses saw the glory of the Lord for a short time in Exodus His face was shining. He had to put a veil on it. I mean, can you imagine? Here's Moses coming down the mountain. His face looks like a headlight. I mean, really, that's what it looked like. It was just shining. He had to put a veil over it. They tell us that in the same scripture. As you look in the mirror, you're going to see more and more. Of this light in you.
1: Amen.
0: But you have an unveiled face. You can look straight at it because of Jesus. Glory enters our lives. Once we were unlike Jesus in our thoughts, in our attitudes, and our actions, now we are more and more like him every day. Thank you, Lord. For some of us, it's a very long walk. For others, it's a short walk. But it's still a walk. It's still a path. It's still a journey. But we have to stay focused on the solution. And then we have the word of God when God spoke in Genesis. And John, First John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him nothing that was made was made 2nd Timothy tells us all scripture is given by the inspiration of God it is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. The solution. The you need to be the solution. Quit focusing on the problem. John 17, 17 tells us, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Romans 10:17 says, so when then, when faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God, Amen. God's word, speech. Amen. Jeremiah 23, 29. It is not my word like fire, says the Lord. And like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. What's he saying? He said, I'll crush that hard heart. My word. And then Hebrews 4.12. For my word is a living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Focus on the solution. And then we have let there be light. Let there be. God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Jesus said in verse five of John nine, "As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world." Amen. The scriptures tell us that light removes darkness; that darkness can exist in light. John eight twelve. Jesus spoke to them again to the disciples I am the light of the world and he who follows me will not walk in darkness they will have the light of life there are two types of light in this world we can perceive one or both or neither we are born into this world we perceive light We see light around us. We learn the creator's handiwork. We see the sunshine. But then there's the spiritual light that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever follows me, will never walk in darkness. Never walk. The Lord paints the verse, I am the light of his truth, the light of his world, word, and I am the light of eternal life. Those of us who perceive the true light will never walk in spiritual darkness. I mean, we take a candle into a room. Eventually, it gets rid of all the darkness. I mean, it starts out very much a little light, but the longer it burns, the more light goes. The more light goes. you don't believe me, go home and try it. I mean, physical light is necessary for life. I mean, the earth could not survive without the sunlight. I mean, we would freeze to death in a matter of minutes. The darkness would prevail. But it's the same thing for spiritual life. We can't exist in spiritual darkness and call ourselves followers of Christ. As a believer, we always tend towards spiritual things. Always look at things spiritually. Don't look at things the way the world does. A lot of you need to turn the world off. I mean, shut off CNN, shut off Fox News, shut off MSNBC, shut off ABC. Shut them all off. Because they're just bringing darkness into your world. Light always exposes evil. Why do you think crime's committed at night? They hide under the darkness. Although today they're getting a little more brazen. Following Jesus is a condition of two promises in John 8.12. First, his followers will never walk in darkness. Jesus tells us that if we follow him, we will never walk in darkness. Never. Never. we are given the assurance through that of our salvation. We're given the assurance of the salvation that we can enjoy. True followers of light will never follow the ways of sin. We will never live in a state of continuous sin. If we're living in a state of continuous sin, we are not following Jesus. We're just not. We may have rationalized it some way but we're not following Jesus. So we need to repent of our sins and get closer. He became the light of the world. and He commands us to be light. Matthew 5, 14 says, we as believers depicted as the light of the world, just as the moon has no light of its own, reflecting the light of the sun, so we, as believers, we reflect the light of Christ. That's why when you look in the mirror and you see the brightness getting bigger and better and more bright, you know you're reflecting more of Jesus in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. The emphasis is on maintaining a credible and obvious witness for Jesus. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Be his witnesses. Go into Samaria and Judea and all these places and be my witness. say, hey, go sit in a church every Sunday for two hours and go home. Be my witness. We gather in churches, we gather in fellowship to encourage one another, to lift up one another, to gather together in strength, to lift up those that have been weak, that have fought battles throughout the week, that need to get their strength back. That's what we're here for keep our strength up to hear his word what word does God have for us today we have a worship team sing to try to usher in his presence not to sing songs we don't need them to sing songs singing songs is not worship 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 is when you're crying out to God with everything you have, when you're crying out to the Holy Spirit. And we use songs and we use music to convert that into letting God know how much we wanted his presence here. And he ushered it in this morning. The Holy Spirit was here this morning. He's still here. We are light of the world. We're not to be covered up. The world's gonna to try to cover us up. The world's gonna to try to shut us down. Whenever the world gets a chance, it will hush us up. And it hushed up plenty of churches. And plenty of churches went and chased the world. But we're not gonna do that. Nope. We're going to welcome in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to surrender to the Holy Spirit at any time. We're going to shout to the Lord a new song. We're going to praise him. We're going to honor him. We're going to worship him. We're going to bow down to him. For he is God Almighty. Let's stand. Let us remember this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not changing. But we need to change from glory to glory. We need to become more and more like him. I mean, think about it. He loved each and every one of us so much. So much. I mean, there's probably not a person in here. I mean, look at a person to your left and to your right. Are you willing to die for either one of them? If you are, come down here and we'll see how willing you really are. (laughs) No, but Jesus said, hey, despite your faults... Despite your problems, despite what you're going through, I'm going to die for your sins. Because I know that if you surrender yourself to me, you will become whole. I will make you whole. This morning, I'm going to open up these altars. Just come down and have a private word with God. Maybe you haven't forgiven yourself of something. You need to forgive yourself of. There's no judgment here. Just come down and do what you need to do before the Lord. Come down and give whatever you need to give to God. Just give it to him. Peter says, cast your cares upon him. Well, cast your cares upon it. Release it and let it go, because you are a new creation. Let's not focus on the problem. Let's focus on the solution. Let's carry that solution with us each and every day. Let's carry that solution with us each and every day. Thank you. The solution. Focus on the solution in your life. The solution. The solution.